Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. But if I don't obey the commands, I don't get the promise. You say to your kid, mow the lawn, edge the lawn. He's 14, no problem. And we'll take you out for a treat. We'll go to lunch and we'll go fishing in the afternoon. Son comes and says, well, not not interested in mowing the lawn. Let's go fishing, Dad. Hello, what's going to happen? Here's God. Well, how come God's like that? Are you kidding? He's blessing us. The commands alone bless us. There probably isn't anyone that doesn't like getting rewards. Too often, though, people don't want to do the work necessary to receive the reward. Let's say the doctors told you that you need to lose 30 pounds. You know you'll feel better and that you'll have more energy, but you've got to get up an hour earlier and walk for 30 minutes. Hard to do, right? Well, Pastor Mark will be teaching that your relationship with God's the same way. God has made tremendous promises to you but your receiving them depends on your doing what God says to do. You'll be reminded that the rewards are worth the work. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs chapter 3 as he continues his message, 2020, following God's vision for your life. Now, I'm going to give you a TV commercial. Many of you have seen it. It's a funny thing, but it's such a picture of the opposite of trust. It's titled, OK Surgeon. I know some of you have seen it. A husband and wife are in a hospital room. The husband's going to have surgery. He's awaiting that. His wife is there with him, and there's a nurse in the room. So the wife says to the nurse, have you ever worked with this surgeon before? And she says, yes, he's okay. After she says that, the door of the room opens, and here comes the surgeon. He enters in, and he says, guess who was just reinstated to do surgery again? And then quietly says to the nurse, well, not officially. Then the surgeon asks the patient, are you nervous? And the patient says, Well, actually, yes. And then he says, me too. (laughs) As the surgeon walks out of the door, he says to the patient, don't worry about it. Somehow we'll figure this out. Now, how many, if I give you his name, would you have surgery under this man? You're an idiot. If you are, you'll be dead. See, that's crazy. What did that man lack? Nobody's going to put trust in him. You know, we're humans. I'd like to say that everything we say and do, you can trust. No, it's not true. Sometimes we can't be trusted. 
But I want to tell you, somebody can be trusted with every area of his life. His name is God. You can trust him if everything goes crazy. You can trust him. Because in the end, remember, everything works together for good. You can trust him in every single area of your life. 100% of the time. He's trustworthy. He's dependable. He's never failed you. He has all wisdom. His sight is 20-20. He knows exactly what's happening. Now, notice the next part of this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Well, the heart is the control center where our decisions are made in life. It means to lean with full body to rest our total self on God. And if you have a picture of that, it's kind of like this kind, either, either a wooden crutch or a mental crutch. That, if you broke your leg or had something wrong, you had a little surgery on your foot or whatever, you'd have this. And the first time you tried this, you're going to wonder, is this going to work or not? But the longer you worked with it, guess what happened? You began to what? Trust it. And you could do what? You could lay your weight on it. You could depend on it. It's going to work. And pretty soon, if you're pretty good, you can do this. You can walk down the path of life, even with a crazy crutch. Am I right? Yeah. So that's trust. That's what we're talking about. Put your full weight on that. Allow that to support you. Now, the second command, don't lean on your own understanding. So we're back to a crutch. I can lean and put my whole weight on God, but... Understanding is an interesting word. It's human wisdom. It's my will, what I want to do. And what the scripture says, don't lean, don't depend, don't trust your own human wisdom or human will. Now, what does that mean? Well, now I need one or two volunteers just to try to walk with this. It's not too far to fall here. And we have medical people here. They worked under the doctor. (laughs) If you look at this, this is our wisdom. Now, I'm not saying your PhD is bad. I'm not saying your IQ is low. I'm saying it's our wisdom to make decisions spiritually. What's the scripture say? Don't what? Lean on my own wisdom. But what do we do sometimes? We don't even talk to God. We just lean on our own wisdom. He says, don't do that. It will not work. Leaning on our own wisdom spiritually will never, ever work. Making decisions on life on that path by yourself will never work. It'll never work. That's what it says. Trust in God. Don't trust in your own wisdom. Now, you know what? I just said it, but it's good for us to see it. The rubber crutch of human understanding of our wisdom, it simply doesn't work. Now, we've all been there because we've done that, and we had to turn around and come back. Because the thing we wanted to do was just our emotion. God never told us. We didn't even ask him. We just went out and did our own thing. Now, let me read you what happens with our own wisdom. The book of Proverbs is about wisdom, God's wisdom. Proverbs 28, 26. He who trusts in himself, careful, is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom, God's wisdom, is kept safe. So we have to be careful because even many believers think they can trust in their wisdom and their understanding and they can live a successful life. No, the Bible says you cannot. 
It will not work. That's why some people who come to Christ, they get saved, they like their sins being forgiven, they're wonderful, but pretty soon they just leave God out of the picture. And they just go on and do life by themselves. It doesn't work. Can I just say this to you? When we are on this journey of life, it is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And the whole time we're doing this life with God, there's an enemy against us. His name is Satan. So you have to be careful. Now, here's number three. Proverbs 3, 6. In all your ways. How many? All my ways acknowledge him. So here's command. Do acknowledge God. Now, acknowledge is an interesting term. It means a term of relationship. A term to know deeply and intimately. Not just know. You see, this means this. Acknowledge God, to know God personally, and to seek his will for our lives. Sometimes we don't trust God because we really don't know God. We know about God, especially unbelievers. If you'll ask them, do you believe in God? Oh, absolutely. Well, do you talk to him? Do you have a relationship with him? What do you mean? See, many people were raised to know about God as a religion and That's wrong. Jesus didn't come to set up a religion. He came to this earth to set up a relationship with us. Now, that word there, acknowledge, interesting. That word means intimate. In Adam and Eve, it says that they knew one another. What did that mean? That was sexual intercourse. That's how the world got started. Intimate. They didn't know about, oh, I know about you. I know your name. No, it was an intimate relationship. So then I ask you already, it says all your ways. It's in every area of my life. So I can't compromise and say, God, I'll trust you here, but I don't think I'll trust you over here. I can handle this. No, that's not the way it works. Notice what it said, in all your ways. All means all. That's where that relationship comes from. Now, I put my full weight on God, not in my own wisdom, Anytime that I move away and decide I'm going to try to do this, watch me, you're going to try to do this and this, how you think you're going to do? Am I right? And then sometimes when you see that, go, well, I think I can do better like this. I'll just do it myself. No, the end of that is a disaster. We've all been there. Because when you go down the wrong path of your wisdom, You know what happens? You'll get to a point, you have to turn around and come back and start over again. Because it made it worse than better. We've all been there. Don't look at me like, Pastor Marco, I've never done that. You just did right now. Because you've not been truthful. We've all gone to our own way. And we had to say, God, I'm sorry. I'm coming back. Because there's consequences when we don't obey God. Now, Pastor Mark... I want to trust God and turn every area of my life to his control. But how do I do that? Let me give you two ways. God's path for us will be well marked by two things. The word, the Bible, and by prayer. Number one, we acknowledge God by learning and obeying his word. Remember, God gave us his word 
that we might come to know him, know his character. When we're in the Bible, we see who God is. The more I know God's word, the more I trust him. The longer you live with your spouse, the more you trust him. In fact, so much so, a spouse can know what you're about to say right now. They're that smart. God knows what you're going to say. The more I know him, the more I can trust him because we see it over and over and over again. If we trust God, listen, this is very important. This is where people don't get it. If we trust God, I have to trust his word. Well, Pastor Martin, I'm not too much into the word stuff. Well, wait a minute. That doesn't work. How did you come to know to trust God? Well, you had to read the Bible, that he's all-knowing, that he'll forgive you of your sins. He'll give you a new start. So you can't say, well, I have a great relationship with God, but I'm not too much into the word. By the way, our world, that's the way our world is right now. You know that. There's a program on Sunday mornings, and it's these commentators. They just talk about things, and I was listening last week to somebody who had listened to this program. And this individual, supposedly very brilliant, he said in this program, it's all over television. Millions of people watch it. And I don't even know how they got on the subject, but he said this. Do you know that there's actually people in the world that believe in Noah? What idiots are they? Well, the person that's an idiot is the one that just talked. But do you see what that does to our younger generation? What do you mean? When I heard that, I said, I wish I would have been there as part of the group. And I would have said, God, would you just get a little strike to his hair and just put it on fire and curl it up to nothing? And then I would say, "Uh, that was Noah, actually. Did Jesus believe in Noah and the ark? Oh, you don't know that, eh? He talks about it in the New Testament. Well, I'm not into the Old Testament. No, the Old Testament is proven by the New Testament. See, if you don't believe in the Bible, you will never have a relationship with God. Never. That's why we teach the Word of God. Not parts of it. You already saw the Methodist church now is dividing to two groups. One doesn't take the Bible seriously. The other group does. That's what happens to our world. Here's another big deal for you. To know God's will... I have to know his word. You see, sometimes we decide, well, I'm going to do this. And maybe you have a friend and they come by and say, oh, you're going to do, you're going to do what? No, that's in the Bible. That's not right. Well, if you look into the word, 2020 vision right into the word, you will know this truth. Let me give it to you. Psalms 119. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. That's how we do life. Without the light of God's word, we're doing life in the darkness. We can't see what's ahead. There's no direction to us at all. So number one way to acknowledge God and have that relationship is through the word. Here's a second. We acknowledge God through prayer. Prayer is another way to get to know God. Why? Because we're talking to him. It's a two-way conversation. Now, it's simply the way to communicate. God loves to be consulted and he loves to direct our steps. Prayer is the deciding factor in spiritual warfare. And this, it changes the church, it changes you, it changes me. So I just challenge you. There's so many needs that we just need to pray for. Now, here's the issue. I told you three commands. I just gave them to you. Then there's a promise from God. But if I don't obey the commands, I don't get the promise. 
You say to your kid, mow the lawn, edge the lawn. He's 14, no problem. And we'll take you out for a treat. We'll go to lunch and we'll go fishing in the afternoon. Son comes and says, well, not, not interested in mowing the lawn. Let's go fishing, Dad. Hello. What's going to happen? Here's God. Well, how come God's like that? Are you kidding? He's blessing us. The commands alone bless us. But look at verse 6. And he, God, will make your paths straight. So here's the promise. Enjoy following God on his path for you. See, I'm going to be on his path if I obey those three commandments. I will be on the path he designed for me. God will direct, make straight our paths. Here's how. By removing the obstacles. Obstacles happen in life. God will show us which path to take and make that path pleasant, prosperous, a thriving life. Now, here's a question that all of us have. Pastor Mark, does that mean that when we become a Christ follower and put all our trust in God and obey those things, his path of life will always be healthy, wealthy, happy? There'll be no troubles? Is that right? Well, four of you said no. The rest of you must have missed it. Of course that's not right. Well, how do I know there's going to be trouble, even on the path that God designs for me? Because Jesus told us. John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you might have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome the world. Take heart. I've overcome the world. Romans 8, he'll work all things together for good. Doesn't make sense to us, but he'll do that. So Jesus just said this. Yes, there's going to be suffering. There's going to be adversity, trials, hardships, sorrows, all kinds of things. But He promises us peace. You know what the word peace is? Shalom. Listen to this while we're struggling with these things. Shalom means completeness, rest, safety, tranquility, wholeness, total well-being. You see, yes, this is true. Maybe you're new to Christianity. Bad things happen to good people. Now, why? Well, because God's bad. No, God isn't bad. He's good. It happens Because we live in a fallen, sinful world. When you see all kinds of things that happen that just are discouraging to all of us. You see Puerto Rico hit again. You see Australia. Thousands of animals burned to death. And what what does the media, what does the secular world say? Well, that's God. If he's a good God, what's wrong with your God? It isn't a God. It's Satan. Don't blame that on God. God never designed any of that. But here are some obstacles you and I can expect on the path of life, God's path. Just three I'm going to give you. Here's the first one. A path filled with potholes. I call the pothole refusing to forgive past hurts. Every single person I'm talking to has been hurt. Every single person I'm talking to has hurt other people. We are challenged in the Bible. Let me read it to you. If you want to write it down, because some of you here are holding on to a hurt, and you just would say to God, I 
can't forgive that person. No, you're wrong. Let me read it to you. Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You see, to forgive is to set someone free from the debt they owe because of the wrong done to you. Forgiveness. It's undeserved, unmerited, and it means free. Now, here's why some people never will forgive. Because they don't understand this statement. Now, listen to me very clearly. What forgiveness is not... What forgiveness is not? Forgiveness is not approving or minimizing the wrong. When you forgive somebody, you're saying, oh, that was fine. No, it wasn't fine. Forgiveness is not taking the blame for the wrong. Well, I guess I'm in blame. No, you're not. They hurt you. Here's another one. Forgiveness does not mean you allow someone to keep hurting you. No, that's not what it is. That doesn't even make common sense. You see, unresolved hurts, unforgiveness, puts us in prison. We think that the person who hurt us is the one in prison. Who's in prison? I am. If I don't forgive somebody, I think that person's in prison. No, you're wrong. You're in prison. And when you're in prison, there's no freedom. Can I challenge you? I don't know who, how many. God just woke me up the other night just to put this part in. Because we all get hurt. Let me just share this with you. God says, trust me. You can do anything with the power of God. So if it's you, and you think you can't do it, you're probably right. But through God, I can do all things. And here's what I'm going to challenge you. Don't talk to anybody. Now, you might have to go to the person or whatever. You know what happens? When this person hurts us, And we hold on to that. We won't forgive them. We're just thinking, I've got them in prison. You know what I've discovered after all these years as a pastor counseling? The person that hurt you, you think they think about you all the time. They don't think about you at all. You're the only one in prison. It's the same thing. You know this. You're drinking poison thinking it's going to kill them. I'm serious. So here's what God says. Forgive them in God's strength. Remember what I told you? Forgiveness does not mean... Let them keep hurting you. Let them do all those things. No, don't even go there. Understand one thing. Let's start free. Quit carrying around unforgiveness on your back. Because you will never be free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Say, but they're not worth it. Were you worth it when Jesus saved you? Did you earn it? None of us. It's grace. That's how we became a Christian. That's exactly what Jesus said on the cross. Father, forgive them. Did they deserve to be forgiven? No. Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now at calvaryccm.com. We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church online. The church isn't the building, it's the people. 
who despite whatever obstacles are in their way, they still worship Jesus and praise his name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com slash live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. And would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. If you feel led to support Lessons for Living financially during this time, we would be very grateful. You can donate online at calvaryccm.com. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living.